This is Michelle McKenzie, and welcome to the WTF Podcast, where we demystify entrepreneurship and the fog around funding. The United States beauty industry is worth more than $60 billion, and spending on beauty is robust among Black Americans, a diverse and growing group of 41 million people with increasing spending power. In 2021, they spent $6.6 billion on beauty. However, Black brands make up only 2.5% of revenue in the beauty industry, and Black consumers are responsible for 11.1% of total beauty spending, according to a 2022 McKinsey & Company report titled Black Representation in the Beauty Industry. My guest is on a mission to fix that by creating opportunities for Black women to thrive in the beauty space. Stick around to find out how. Leslie Roberson is the founder of the Black Beauty Collective with a dynamic past that led her to create an initiative that fills a gap in the beauty industry. Leslie is a military veteran and has a background in corporate talent acquisition and business development. She is an expert at leading human resource functions, acquiring and training senior staff, and having an eye for unique talent. Before we dive into the episode, are you struggling to connect with your audience? If so, you may have a messaging problem. The PR University can help you fix that. If content is king, Strategic positioning is queen. Getting your messaging to your desired audience is key. If you are an entrepreneur, author, speaker, subject matter expert, influencer, or business leader, the PR University might be right for you. Visit thepruniversity.com to learn more and enter the code WTF25 to get 25% off. Leslie, welcome to the WTF Podcast. Michelle, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I am looking forward to this conversation around beauty and Black beauty. And the reason why is because it's still International Women's Month. And many people may or may not know about Madam C.J. Walker, who was a pioneer in this space, in the hair care and Black beauty space. And she achieved something that seemed so impossible at that time in the early 1900s in the beauty space, becoming not just the first Black self-made American woman, but American woman, period. This industry has grown to a multi-billion dollar industry, but unfortunately, Black women are not dominating in that space, considering the legacy that she left behind for Black women. But before we get into the Black Beauty Collective, tell me about your entrepreneurship journey before starting the collective. I've been an entrepreneur probably since I was like in the first or second grade. The first business that I had, and this is so crazy because I've never talked about this before, is my friends and I would go through recycled goods or people's trash and we would go and clean it up and repurpose it and then go to our neighbor's houses and sell it for a dollar. And so that's literally what we would do. So that was probably my first venture. 
But over the years, I've had several projects. I'm an entrepreneur in my spirit. My dad is an entrepreneur. He owns a barbershop and has for the last 20 years. And he's completely the community-based barber outside of Chicago. My most recent other business is a company called The Velvet Collection, which is a luxury linen rental space. And there is not a diverse space. I was one of the few Black women in that space that occupied it. And I had a lot of success early on. So the luxury linen, let's talk about like your weddings, your baby showers, the table linens for these events that take the event from a beautiful event to a gorgeous, stunning event. And so your heavy wovens, your velvets, your beading, all that when it comes to table linens, napkins, pillow covers, things of that nature. So that's what I did prior to the Black Beauty Collective. Leslie, tell me how that transitioned into the Black Beauty Collective. What was the impetus for that? Oh, my gosh. In another life, I was a corporate recruiter. So a big part of who I am is how do you create positive customer experiences? Because that's what sets you apart no matter what space you're in. And so as a recruiter, I was all about the candidate experience and making sure it was white blood, following up, being vocal, things, being an advocate for them. And I spent a lot of my career in that space diversifying teams. So those are the two spaces that I work from. How do you create diversity? How do you create opportunities for underrepresented talent or people? So that's number one. I think I forgot your question. The question was the impetus for starting the Black Beauty Collective. Okay, so that was number one. Then number two, I've been in this luxury linen rental space. And when I originally opened this, the doors of the Velvet Collection, I actually set it up in Hyde Park, Chicago, which is a gorgeous neighborhood and a beautiful community. But for luxury linens, there's a certain kind of client base that you're looking for. So I ended up partnering with another company, another Black-owned florist and event designer. And so I relocated the Velvet Collection into a different area outside of Chicago, which on the North Shore. And so I had this space and I was doing a lot of market research to determine what I was going to do with the space, like looking at the Hyde Park neighborhood, really getting into what kind of businesses were there. And there were a bunch of salons, wonderful stylists in the neighborhood, but there were, there were very few hair and beauty supply stores. And I knew when I decided that hair and beauty, that's a good space. I knew that I didn't want to go with the, the model that you traditionally see in the predominantly Black neighborhoods because it really doesn't speak volume into the shopping experience or the customer experience. And I'm going like, I would never do that, right? Because I come from this luxury, rich space. And so what I decided to do was I went on to an area of Chicago that has a lot of beauty stores. So your Blue Mercury's and your Sephora's and all that. And I was doing just market research because I wanted to see the different models that existed. And in one of the stores in particular, I was engaging with one of the hiring mat or the manager in the store. And she's telling me about that everyone's it's vegan and they're all women owned and these different products. And she shows me a box about this big, right? And she goes, in this box, all the entrepreneurs, all the businesses are women owned and black owned. And she was absolutely thrilled. And I'm going, Wonderful. Are there other Black entrepreneurs? She's like, no, there. We put them in this box. And so that was the moment of, how dare you box this in? But I said, like, let us out the box. So what I did was, I actually, and I said it jokingly, the Black Beauty Collective is going to feature exclusively Black owned brands. 
But after I started doing research and seeing the discrepancies in the market, and that was a $60 billion industry and Black people are the end user where we are spending 11% of that $60 billion, but we only own 2.5% of the brands, it was like, okay, there's an opportunity here. There's obviously a discrepancy in terms of, and we're not represented in the way that we should be. And so once I started talking to entrepreneurs in the hair and beauty space, what I quickly began to realize, and it's not because we're not brilliant. It's not because not, we're not willing to work hard. It's not because of anything that you would go to and think, oh, it must be because it's literally because we have a lack of funding, a lack of visibility, which means that we don't have 360 marketing strategies and we're solopreneurs. And so how can I help solve if this is X, how do I solve for it? And what can I put in place to help support the entrepreneurs? They saw in that thought process and after speaking with 300 plus entrepreneurs, the Black Beauty Collective has been established. And so, so tell me about the Black Beauty Collective. Tell me about the solution because you laid out what the problem was quite nicely. What's the solution that you're bringing? So I've decided to create a Black Beauty Collective, which is a hair and beauty retailer that features exclusively Black-owned brands. You have to be 51% Black-owned to be able to participate because I recognize that individually you can go so far, but as a collective, you can go further. And so the conversation shifts because we have 99.9% Black women that are a part of the collective. We have a few males that are a part of it, but largely Black women that are a part of the collective. And collectively, we can go into spaces that we might not have been individually able to go into. We can, do, we can drive a 360 marketing strategy because now we're all putting a small amount into a big collection of a pot and we are going into places and the brands go with them. And I just so happen to be at the helm of it talking. And so that's literally what I've created, a space. Irish Shop and Iron, the different business owners, you're not, you're a solopreneur. So a lot of times you really don't have anyone to ask questions and you're struggling, you're doing this and you just need a motivation, a moment, all these things, you have the community piece of it. And then also from the assets element of it, what I've built is I've put a team together with myself as CEO of this business. And then I have a social media team. I have an email marketing team. We have business analysts on the team. And collectively, we're all supporting the entrepreneurs of the collectives. And so that's what I've created, an opportunity to help Black businesses scale. I heard so many themes running through my head as I was listening to it. It took me back to that scene in the movie Soul Food. I don't know if you recall when she had the stick of match and art with fingers or whatever. And talking about, you know what, that thing is on its own, but when you put it together, how unbreakable it is. And that is a strong description of the power of community and what community offers. It leverages opportunities, information. And resources where yeah. if you are by yourself, there's so many things you have to learn and you don't always know where to go to get that information versus being a part of this hive where everybody gets to tap into this brain power of the hive so that we can collaborate and thrive together versus doing things separate or competing with each other. Because I've always been a big believer and proponent that collaboration over competition all day. Every day. And that's how we're going to get forward. 
in this business, considering all of the obstacles that are there to be hurdled. Why hurdle them alone? That's right. And there's enough. The reality is, and one of the things that I'm really driving in the space of the Black Beauty Collective is there's enough space for all of us. We don't have to compete for just one or two positions. It's enough place for all of us to be successful. And just making sure that the members in the collective come in and move with that spirit in mind. One of the most common businesses that you see when you go out is a pizza restaurant. There is really no new way to do pizza, right? It's sauce, it's dough, it's toppings. However, if you go outside, there could be 200 on the block and this one do a thin crust and this one do a thick crust. This one do a Chicago style and this one do single slices. There's enough space for all of us. My take on pizza might be different than your take on pizza. And consumers shop them all. And so considering the spin that Black people have in the hair and beauty space, and we only represent 2.5% of the brands, I think there's more than enough opportunity for us all to be able to collectively be successful in our own right, in our own uniqueness in the space of hair. Absolutely. I'm speaking with Leslie Roberson, entrepreneur and founder of the Black Beauty Collective. In this next segment, we talk about why it's important for the collective to be a community, to support the members. Because let's face it, entrepreneurship can be lonely. Stick around to hear how Leslie speaks about the community that she's creating and the love and passion with which she speaks about the Black Beauty Collective. Keep listening. Now we talked about community. Let's talk about what this community really offers. Who are the right people? What's the profile of the entrepreneurs that you're looking for to be a part of this? That's actually a great question. And I'm actually posed, people pose this question to me often. So, of course, we're looking at your branding, your social media assets, of course, being a registered business, all of the components, right, being there. The probably thing for me that is probably at the top of the list is you got to be hungry. You got to want to succeed at your business, you got to be passionate about what you're doing. You have to be comfortable with telling the story about your business and getting out there because I know that the opportunity is coming. So when it comes knocking, you got to be ready to walk through the door. You just have to have this level of passion behind you. Just the way you move about your business is probably the number one thing for me, and that's speaking as a person who was in talent acquisition for years, this is always the difference between one candidate and the next. The one that's like super passionate, hungry, ability to convey that hunger, right? But of course, from a practical sense and a logical sense to make sure we have it outlined, your branding has to be there, have to have logo. We are testing, we're developing, we're putting together a team to test if the products actually do what it is that the entrepreneur says it does. And so that is coming into play quite a bit here lately. We're doing things like that to make sure that we're aligned, right, with whatever the messaging is. But the most important part, because you can have all those elements, you got to be home. You got to want it. And you got to be ready for it when it comes. Be hungry, but not thirsty. Because there's a difference between the two. I was talking to Arlen Hamilton the other day and she said that and when what she sees is the difference between being hungry versus being thirsty. You said something important about what you're testing, ensuring that the products do what they say they do. I think that could be a great differentiator because there are so many untested claims 
that people make on their products. And a lot of it is just marketing, right? And consumers buy those products expecting it to do what you say it does, and then it doesn't. And that's why as Black women, and I think a lot of Black women can relate, go through so many different hair products, trying to find the one (laughs) that works for you, that does for your hair what they tell you it's supposed to do. And it's really a hit or a miss. Think having that component where the products get tested, I think that is major. I agree. I have so many products, but I know and recognize that you might absolutely love a product and rave about it. And then I may go, "Eh, it's okay. And that's the reality of it because our hair is different. Our skin is different. The way we respond to things are different. That's a piece of it, right? Because that's the reality of the world. Hits why there needs to be a, a Black beauty collective because we're creating a space with the Black consumer in mind also. So being able to test and make sure that whatever we're claiming in terms of ingredients, it being vegan or paraffin-free or whatever we're claiming, that we live up to that expectation. That's a huge thing. Especially for the 4C girls like myself, if you say you have a product for 4C here, it better work on this 4C here, <laughs> right? That's true. Now, Leslie. Yes. As you know, entrepreneurship can sometimes be lonely. I like the idea of a collective. Tell me about that sense of community, being in the collective. What does that look like on the day-to-day for the people who are a part of the collective? How do they feel as if they're a part of the collective? One of the most important elements and something I'm extremely passionate about is I want the entrepreneurs that are a part of the collective to feel like they've seen and at the heard. So that's top of mind for me is because as entrepreneurs, you have a million thoughts and you're trying to do different things. We're doing a pitch contest and we're doing incubators and you're up all night working and you're getting orders out and you're doing, and you have to do social media and you need to show up tomorrow bright and bushy-tailed because you got a speaking engagement. It's a lot to take in. And sometimes it's nice to just have another person to reach out to and say, hey, I have this going on or I have an idea or I need help with this. And great example is I have an entrepreneur and I supported the collective. She signed up for her first pitch contest and she's rather introverted. And so she called me last night and this is what she shared with me. I just need some help on how. And so her and I spent about an hour and a half on the phone walking through, let's talk about your pitch and how do you tell the story and how do you calm your nerves in this space? And just having another human to call and go, what do you think about this? And so just having that sense of community. So right now I make myself accessible to the people that are part of the collective. Most all of them have my number. They call, they text. I'm thinking about staying here in the Airbnb, but I'm not sure. They call with their thoughts or I'm thinking about changing my package. What do you think about this? And just having a second set of eyes is somebody who's comfortable with answering questions. That's a big piece of what I'm wanting to build. And so like my social media person, we have people on that are a part of the collective that are great at social media. So she's putting together a brand, a kit to help them with their social media branding. So that's how the Black Beauty Collective shows up in the space of the entrepreneur to say, hey, I see there's a gap here. Let us get you some resources to help fill that gap for you. Or let me get somebody I know in my own network. Because as a recruiter, I recruited for the marketing org on corporate side. I've recruited for training and development. So I know tons of people. And so I tap into my network 
and I'll bring over someone who can talk about the topic. So we have a monthly meeting. And in that meeting, we'll bring in a speaker to talk about whatever, wherever we see a gap in. And so if brands don't know how to forecast, we have a retail analyst that can help them learn how to forecast sales for their business and set goals. So it, when the loneliness, we talk about that individual, that solopreneur journey, you don't necessarily have anyone to ask questions to. And just to get in the trenches with you, but now you have folks that are invested in your success so you can reach out and just have a baseline. And so that's what I'm doing is creating a space where they can actually be seen and heard and valued. I'm so glad you add the valued at the end because I was just going to say that valued piece is important as well to be valued, seen, and heard. Great that you're creating that space where they don't have to do entrepreneurship alone. They can get the support that they need. It's hard enough. It is. It is. And then the other element of this is I actually know probably at this point, I have relationships with probably out of 49 brands that's joining or that'll be a part of the launch. I probably have relationships with probably 47 of them, like where I really know who they are, what they're passionate about. Those last two just came in. So by the end of next week, I'll know them too. So I am in their business. I'm a recruiter by in my sphere. So I'm always in people's business, but I'm in their business because when it's not just about their product, it's about who they are and their story. And so a big piece of this initiative, when you talk about being seen, heard, and valued, how can we use what you already have done, right? What you're good at, what you're passionate about, and combine it with the product to be able to create programming to tell the story, right? So at the store, we'll roll out a monthly calendar. There'll be different activities. One of the things that I'm really passionate about, me, Leslie, is I love to do yoga. And so we'll have yoga mats in the store. In the summertime, we're going to bring out yoga mats and do like short set yoga classes for the wellness component. I have several entrepreneurs that are yoga teachers. So how can we bring that into play here and make this a part of the story of the collective so that you as an entrepreneur get your story out and also be able to sell your products? Doing things strategically like that. So it's invaluable. I have all these brands and I know. This brand is from this town and she does this, then, and the third. She started her business doing this because of my background. I'm a keeper of people's information because I like to be able to use it to figure out how I can bring them into what I'm talking about in this story I tell. O'Shea, her grandfather was a farmer and he had acreage of land as she grew up and they grew crops and they fed their community. So she rolled it into this shea butter line where she's looking to grow her own products because she harvested as a kid. And she's looking to grow products to be able to put them back into her business. She's not feeding her community. She's helping with skincare. And she's helping solve a lot of the issues that a lot of Black people have when you think about eczema and all the skin issues because of the products that we use. And so just another way to feed the community. And so it's just interesting to get behind these brands and to really be able to understand their why, who they are as business owners, what they're passionate about. Because a lot of times we're told that we have to be so if you work in corporate, you do this job, this is what you do. And if you do anything else, it's questionable. You're not working hard enough. Or you got to be an entrepreneur. And if you're an entrepreneur, you can't do anything else and focus your life on entrepreneurship. And if you're a mom and if you're a wife, a lot of times we're bucketing in one space, but we can be multiple dimensional and all of those things matter. And we can tell the story of all of it. So that's something that I'm, so when I talk about being seen, that's really what I'm talking about. It's not just, I have to show up in the space of the Black Media Collective as an entrepreneur, 
because something you've done in your background, like me in recruiting, I can now help other entrepreneurs. What kind of questions do you need to ask? How to create an onboarding process? How to get everyone set up? I can use something in my background to help drive business for these other entrepreneurs. And they can more likely to not do the same. So it's just so seeing piece and that valued piece is huge in this Black Beauty Collective. I love that. Tell me about the store. The store itself, like the physical location of the store. It's in High Park, classic neighborhood, gorgeous neighborhood. The Obamas came from the neighborhood. This is where they lived before they were journeying into the White House. So that's the surrounding. So you get a lot of legacy families in this area. I have to tee you up to the neighborhood to talk about the store. So you get a lot of legacies in the neighborhood. You get a lot of college professors because the University of Chicago is there. And then you get a lot of college students. So you got a kind of an eclectic mix of people in this community. And it's one of those communities that, like, you think of Chicago, you have to park and get out and walk into the corridor, which is 53rd Street, which is where the Black Beauty Collective is placed. We're right next to, we're on the retail bottom level of a high rise. And the store itself, I actually designed it. It's this beautifully designed space. And it was with intentionality. And it's because when I wanted people to come into the space, I wanted them to feel moved into this space of beautifulness and elegance and just this breathtaking, oh, this is stunning when they walk in. I wanted the space itself to speak to the customer. So that's number one. And then number two, some of the things that are important to me when people come into the space, how they're greeted, if they feel welcome, because even as a customer, I want the customer to feel valued and that there's a place for them to come in and imagine a woman of color walking into a space where 99, 9% of the entrepreneurs created something with the people that they love in mind. Because the story after story you hear about the entrepreneurs is I created this because my son had eczema. I created this because my mom's hair was falling out because she had cancer. I created this because of this reason. I created this, whatever. And a lot of it is out of love. And this love for whether it's yourself or the people around you. And they're now literally sharing it, the customer and other people. So imagine being immersed into a place that's stunning, that everyone created these products out of love. And you get to now experience an extension of what it is that they felt when they created this thing. And it smells a certain way. You hear a certain thing. Actually, the smell of the store, one of the entrepreneurs has a candle line for under the wellness component. She created a BBC candle, and that's going to be the smell of the store. So it's things like that we're doing to place layer after layer of what it feels like to be immersed into a space. These people created this with love. So that's the store. And so I can't wait to share it once it opens with like customers that are coming in so they can experience an extension of me because this is how I exist in the world. I like people and I want to help and I want to see people do well and whatever it is that whatever that means for them. So this is an extension of me. So all the people that are hired, the the beauty advisors, they're an extension of self and they'll help and they'll answer questions and the entrepreneurs will be accessible. You can send them a message if you have a question that we can't answer. Just a different experience from a customer stance too. Just a holistic approach when it comes to what does the store look like? What is the store? Why? It's almost like a breathing entity of me. I go into the space and I'm like, emerged into self like this is what I would be like if I was designed that's what it is I enjoyed listening to you talk about this store it 
made me want to get on a plane, come to Chicago just to visit this store. And I would yes. encourage people, if you're in Chicago, make this one of the sites on your list of things to see and do to go and visit the store and have yeah. this incredible experience that you've curated and just beautifully described. Will you also have from time to time entrepreneurs in the store doing demos of their products so you can get to meet them and have conversations with them? And hear their story of their why and why they're there and what led them to that place. The story you told about the woman and growing up on the farm and that whole thing. Just telling that whole story, how to transform that into this experience now, taking care of the body, whether you're nourishing with it with food or you're taking care of it externally by taking care of the skin, which is your biggest yes. organ. To answer that question, yes, the way the space is set up is for the entrepreneurs, for them to come in, to do demos, to do like I was talking about, like a yoga class, whatever it is that how we can create a space for them to step into. We all know that a lot of entrepreneurs do a lot of traveling, a lot of trade shows, a lot of wear and tear on themselves, right? Doing all these things because there's no rest. This space is actually designed with entrepreneur in mind. It's for the creatives that are a part of the collective. We'll have calendar events where they'll be doing pop-ins, whether it's a makeup demo or a hair demo or a speaking engagement or a fireside chat or a yoga class, whatever it is and how we can support. Hence why I really want to know who you are behind the brand so that I can make sure we can incorporate that into the space. And so that's a lot of what would be happening. I got looking at how you're just smiling. This means so much to you. To the listeners, if you're ever in Chicago, please stop by and yeah. visit the store and be a part of this experience. I feel what you've created is an experience. It's not just a store. It's something to be experienced. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, let's talk about funding. How have you funded this venture? Have you bootstrapped? Do you have investors? What's the strategy? It's been me and God, bootstrap. That's what we've been doing. We've been bootstrapping. I currently don't have any investors. I foresee, I have the foresight to know that they're coming, right? They're coming down the pipeline. I'm that passionate about this project. I know that it's going to help a lot of entrepreneurs take their flight. So I'm doing it. I'm investing up front. I'm invested in this business, which is investing in because it's a lot of visible pieces that are happening. And so I think it's well worth it. This is a good one. No, you have to be your first investor anyway, right? right? You have to show that you are betting on you. That's right. Because you're so confident in yourself and That's that. Right is going to encourage other people to bet on you because no one wants to bet on someone who won't bet on themselves. That's exactly what, that's exactly what you have to do. You bet on you first. I know that, so my customer is an entrepreneur. So if what's the entrepreneur take off, I'm right behind them. And that's the way that I see this. So everything I'm doing and putting in place is to support entrepreneurs. Beyond support with pitching, is there any other type of support that the collective provides its entrepreneurs in terms of seeking funding, whether it's through grants or other means of funding for their business? So one of the things we're doing, so a lot of this is going to be, a lot of what we're doing is pitching out as a Black beauty collective and going after sponsors. We are becoming a very easy business to partner with, long story short. I'm a Black woman and I'm also a veteran. I'm an Army vet. So I hit all the boxes and I have a collective of about 50 Black women entrepreneurs. So very easy organization to partner with. As we're going after strategic partners, community partners, there's tons of organizations 
that have community partnerships, the ask is going to be absolutely will partner, but what kind of support can you offer the entrepreneurs? And so we're going after a lot of that. I have a grant writer that'll be coming on board to be able to go after some grants because a lot of what it is that I'm pitching is I need support to support the entrepreneurs. That is what I'm asking. That's my personal ask, not to build the Black Beauty Collective, the bigger we go, the bigger they go, but it's to support the people that are a part of the collective. And so as we grow our footprint, they'll be able to expand into a national platform and be in multiple stores across the states and doing things like that. And if we do international pop-ups, things of that nature, they'll be right along with me and they'll be able to expand along with our footprint. But a lot of what I'm asking for today is resources to support the entrepreneurs that are part of it. And so that's a big part of my ploy, if that makes sense, my mission. It is. Leslie, this has been a pleasure. Before we wrap up, for audience members listening who might be a Black woman or a woman of color in the beauty space, and they want to know more about the collective, how to pitch to become a part of the Black Beauty Collective, what should they know? Where should they go? What should they do? You should absolutely go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. Stay tuned and follow what we're doing. Leslie, tell us where to find the Black Beauty Collective or maybe yourself on social. Of course, you can follow me, the Leslie Roberson on Instagram. And then also you can follow us at Black Beauty Collective and BLK Beauty Collective on Instagram as well. And it's www.blkbeautycollective.com is the website. Sign up for the newsletter and we'll be sending you tons of juicy insiders about the Black Beauty Collective. Love it. And listeners, again, if you're in Chicago, make sure you visit the store to have that beautiful experience that Leslie described that sounds like the epitome of Black beauty luxury in a store. <laughs> Leslie, thank you so much for being a part of the WTF podcast. It was a pleasure having you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't keep good content to yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know by rating, reviewing, and sharing this episode with friends. Subscribe to the podcast on the Alive Podcast Network and follow the podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platforms to get notified when new episodes drop. To be a guest or sponsor the podcast, email me at wordsthefunding at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at wordsthefunding underscore podcast and follow me, your host, Michelle J. McKenzie and the show on its LinkedIn page. Join me next Friday for another episode.